Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 283 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, I am coming to you solo again after the Kings once again beat the Portland Trailblazers uh, 138 to 114. Um, in terms of the game, honestly, that's not much to talk about. It's like a really. I mean, it was the Kings taking care of business. Um, there isn't a crazy amount that I can really dissect from it because you're playing against, to put it lightly, mostly G-leaguers. There's some 10-day guys. It's not a lot you can take away from this. The Kings played very, very well, I thought. You know, I thought they, you know, they're... No, their defense I thought was actually okay. It was actually good, even in a lot of spots. Like I thought their rotation was good. Uh, rotations were good. The energy was there. But the Blazers hit a lot of shots that I was just, eh. like sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. Like the the Blazers actually shot fifty percent from three, nineteen of thirty-eight, and I feel a good five to seven of them were just. Kind of like, you know, the guy goes under the screen, you get a semi-open look, and the guy happened to hit it. There wasn't much to kind of, like, the Kings really could do about it. Like, you could go over, but the Kings want to prioritize the rim. So they're not going to, they're, they're going to concede that three. And the Blazers hit quite a few of them. So it is what it is. Ultimately, the Kings played very well. Their offense ran, at I thought, at basically maximum capacity for much of the game. Uh, the Blazers just could just don't know how to handle this stuff. Like their their best player is at this point is Shane Sharp probably, and the guy doesn't have that mu that much of an idea of what to do out there just yet. So it's just they so the Kings kind of diced them up, and you know, like the from last game, the one thing that I would say that gave the Kings the most trouble was the zone defense. It looked like the Kings. This game, they went they went back into the film room and they dissected kind of just how to attack it. Now, it wasn't pretty all the time, but the Kings, like, they got a bunch of movement. They were able to, like, attack closeout or, like, you know, force a closeout and then attack it. Um, And they, I thought, like, their offense just overall was just really, really smooth um, this game. There were moments where they kind of went cold just briefly, but they were able to kind of, you know, stop, like, still be able to run their offense and get a good shot. Now, whether they make it or not is, is another story, but I thought, like, the offense was just really good. They managed to kind of bust the zone defense, and the, the they basically made the Blazers, like, go to it less. So that is a really, really good development for the Kings, you know, just being able to problem-solve in real time. Like, they're going to be facing this kind of stuff in the playoffs, and it's good to see them be able to kind of figure their way out. Granted, against very, very much in inferior talent like no disrespect to these guys these guys will be better at basketball than i ever will be but like these guys they're not they're not like nba starter or even really rotation players like i don't want to crap on this guy and honestly like a game like this doesn't really mean all that much but like a guy like kevin knox this is not good <laughs> you know like what is he like a fifth six year player at this point and he still hasn't really figured it out it's tough like with a guy like that, you know, it is it should be easy pickings. And, you know, it look, I'll get this out of the way. I, I will complain. The Kings did le let the Blazers hang around a little too much. 
Um, now, to be fair, credit to the Blazers, they fought hard. Like the one thing you get with these kinds of get with you know when you just don't play that many. When you're just not playing like rotation level players, you're playing like back end of the roster, third team guys, you get guys that play hard as hell. And, you know, they kept fighting. And and even I even thought like he, the Kings might want to put this one away early because with some, with the ways these guys are like fighting really hard, I feel like it, they might injure somebody like at some point. It was that level of energy. Not saying like any of them are dirty, but like, just I, I think it was Shaquille Harrison. Like he was playing hard, and at one point I think he bumped uh, De'Aaron. At one point I don't know if it was De'Aaron. I think he looked, basically he was making a hustle play, and it was really good to see. But uh, you might want to tone that down because you might hurt somebody. But anyways, the, the Kings let let the Blazers just kind of hang around like fifteen, like fourteen to sixteen points for a lot of the kind of the second half, and you know. In the fourth quarter, the Blazers go on kind of a last hoorah, um, a little bit of a last hoorah. Um, De'Aaron Fox like fouls a guy in frustration, and you know he 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 ends up getting kind of benched. Now, it, it, not really benched, but like he was gonna be, uh, well, basically he was gonna go for his like short little rest in the fourth quarter before he comes back in. But then the Kings just put on the Jets, Malik hits a big three, and it opens a big big old run to basically put the game away. The game um, went up to like 20, and the Kings never looked back. You know, good to see that the Kings were able to do this, Like, but, you know, I just personally would have just liked to have seen them just put the put away the game early and just, you know, keep everyone under 30 minutes. Uh, Sabonis played 33, Harrison played 30. It's, it's not a big deal. Like, that's not a lot of minutes anyways. Well, like that's not a substantial amount of minutes. That's fine, but you just want to like put these guys away early. Like you don't want to risk any injury or wear and tear. This is not the game to be doing that in. And but overall, the Kings showed you that they are a better team than the Blazers, and they're miles ahead basically because there was basically no point that I thought the Kings would lose this game. Like for example, when he was um when when it got down to seven. I was just thinking, you know, the Kings Kings are going to hit back, and they hit back. And, yeah, like, overall, just a very, very good, you know, taking care of business win. Like, you are facing an inferior team. You are a much more superior team to, to, to this, and you took care of business. This is basically one of the only teams that you're going to be facing. The other one's going to be the Spurs, which is going to be the next game, that with a team that's just phoned it in. They're like, they are looking to tank. They literally want you to win this game, and you know you you did that. You did just that. So good good for you guys. <laughs> um, good for the Kings. Okay, um, go go over some of the individual players. Sabonis barely missed out on a triple double again. You know a rudimentary, uh, you know, uh, twenty points, twelve rebounds, eight assists. He was he was good <laughs> to say the least. Um, two for five from the, the free throw line is the only issue, but you know it, it happens. Uh, Harrison Barnes. Didn't really do that much from what I remember. Like, he hit a three. He was just kind of there. Um, not that he really needed to really do anything spectacular anyways, but he was there, and, you know, he did his job. Uh, Keegan Murray, um, ever since breaking the record, adds four more threes to to his record. Uh, he um, he hit four threes this game uh, for 20 points, eight for 14 from the field, and also had three blocks. That's one thing I actually thought 
the Kings defense was pretty good at for stretches, like the really good interior defense. Like they're rotating around. They have a guy protecting the rim. Like Alex, Alex Len, like protected the rim. I thought pretty well as well. Like Sabonis had his moments and then Keegan Murray, like constantly getting his, getting his like hands in there. You know, he had a really nice block. He had a series of nice blocks, like at the rim. Kessler Edwards had a mean block on a Kevin Knox dunk attempt. I thought the defense was actually pretty good, but like the result was just really weird uh, in terms of just, well, not weird, but like the 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 Blazers just hit some long threes, in my opinion. Um, Fox, very a very chill 20 and 11 game for him. 20 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. Um, yeah, again, he kind of left, he left early. Um, probably could have gotten those two rebounds if, you know, he really wanted to, but you know, very close to a triple double. He had, he had some moments where he took over and, you know, blow, blew the lead open and, you know, he, it was just a very, very kind of chill, kind of just very chill game for him. I'm missing the word. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like a really chill game. Like he wasn't pushing it too much, but like he had his moments where like absolutely no one on the Blazers could guard him. Like it felt like every time he went to the rim, it was a finish, like around the guy, through the guy. He's just, like Blazers don't have a guy for him. Like he's too good um, for for you know a lot of these you know again these non-rotation players third stringers. Um, Kevin Herter basically couldn't miss from three. It felt like like he's four for eight, but I swear to God he was like seven for eight. Like he was just lights out from three. Um, just did did his usual stuff. Really good game for him. Trey Lyles, kind of a weird game for him. He's the only guy with a minus, but he did have seven points and eight rebounds. But, and, but somehow a minus one, which was weird. It, it was during kind of that stretch where they just let the Blazers hang around. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but I thought he was good. Um, Kessler Edwards, like really defensively active. He's developing a pretty good chemistry also on the offensive, offensive end with Sabonis, where he is, he is really timing his cuts very well. And he's also like kind of like moving. There's a lot of activity and he, and he, he's, kind of developing a pretty dangerous, like, I wouldn't say dangerous, but a, a reliable three-point shot. And, you know, on defense, he was really, really good. Again, had a mean block on uh, on Kevin Knox, and he he was tasked with guarding Shane Sharp uh, for, for stretches, and I thought he was good. I want to see if he's going to be in the playoff rotation. He's been really good, like, you know, since he's come in. And let's see if that shot is a real thing. It's just, there's just not much you can take away from the Blazers. Um, to say the least, uh, Alex Len I thought had a really good game. You know, I I I didn't I didn't really love like his first half of last game. I thought like I honestly saw him and I thought like, yeah, he's done. But he he's still showing some life. Like he was a good rim protector. Um, he's also like really really rough with the guys. There was a moment where he kind of just jumped into a guy, no no call, and you could tell like kind of pissed off some kind of pissed off the guy a little bit. He's a he's definitely a bruiser. Now, I wouldn't say dirty, but he's definitely a bruiser, and he's showing some life. Like he, he's still not great on offense. I think his rebounding's not good. Like he can barely get off the ground anymore. But he was good this game, and I wonder if this is going to be a thing going forward where he's actually going to be in the rotation and not meant to. But he does add size, so I want to see like what this turns into. Um, D- Davion kind of just did his thing. He he hit some shots. One big development with him. I thought he was really good passing this game. Like he he had some really really nice like in the flow passes, what I call them. Like where you know it's not him dribbling the ball out of the air and then 
you know, passing into a guy who passing into a guy outside who happens to hit a shot. It was like in the flow. It was, you know, like driving to like uh, attacking a closeout, driving to the rim and kicking it out. Like really like good offensive, like in the flow kinds of passes. So I thought he was really good. And if this is like a real development from him, like where he's just kind of figured that part out, that's big for him. Now, again, this is the Blazers, so I, I don't know. But that that is that is something I'm going to keep watching for. Five assists, so like really good for him. And then he added added uh, four points as well. But that passing is a big thing for him if, he, if that can turn into anything. And his defense is his defense. Like, it's really good. Anything on offense he adds is gravy. Uh, Malik Monk had a really good game. Four for seven from three, eight for 12 overall. You know, he... He's just kind of doing his thing. Like his chemistry with Sabonis is sublime. He had some good good plays with uh, Alex Len as well. Like you know, he is kind of the de- kind of one of the designated uh, pick and roll guys on the team. And you know, it, it's going to be important for him to kind of keep up this this hot streak. It's basically the only game that I can remember where Malik Herter and uh, Murray all shot well. And you know, when when the Kings are like that, their offense is absolutely unstoppable. So let's see if this if this can continue going into the playoffs because it's a damn good time to start doing that. Okay, going over to the uh, to the Blazer side. The, I mean, there's only like one guy I really want to talk about, like Shane Sharp. He he's gonna be good. Now he didn't have like an amazing game. I thought he had a really good game. He didn't score as much as last game. Twenty-seven points, uh, five assists, and three rebounds. But I thought he had a way better game. Like you know, ten for twenty um, th- this game. And you know, he he was like really good attacking the rim. He was really like good. He, he's a he's got shooting touch. And you know, like the fact that he's that young and he has shooting touch. Like, he's going to be really, really good. He, he needs to refine his handle a little bit. There were moments where he kind of lost the ball. And, like, he has, like, really good length and really good quickness um, driving to the rim. Like, he, like there's, still, there's still a lot of stuff that he just needs to just – he just needs more reps and just kind of refine his game overall. But he was really, really good already. And, you know, he's going to – I'm really interested to see what he what he becomes. He's gonna be the Blazers' big kind of hope, like because I think he can develop into something that's really nice. I don't know if he's gonna be like an All Star or like a superstar or anything, but the tools are there, and I think he will figure it out. Like he, he's got he's got quickness, he's got shooting touch, you know, the defense. He can make plays. He's not good yet. He's not good by any means, but he can make plays. He had two blocks this game, like. He has really, like, great hops, and, you know, like, it was really good to see him also, like, play with a lot of energy, too. Like, there was one play where I think he, uh, I think he had a really, like, cool finish that I think he missed, and, like, he's kind of hanging his head, and then I think Trey Lyles, like, you know, gets an open three. He ends up uh, driving and then passing, and out of nowhere, Shane Sharp comes in and just, you know, deflects the pass. So, this is going to be interesting. He he is going to be kind of, like the now if unless like the blazers end up like getting into the top four he's gonna be the big piece that the that the blazers have um and you know i think they have to treat like i don't know like i mean the right move honestly is to trade damian lillard but you know if if they if they want to like you know they're gonna like try and build around dame like he he can make shane shade that is can make anthony simons dispensable you know 
So we'll, we'll see what they do, but Shane is going like, to be really good. Um, Jairus Jabari Walker, like four for six from three, honestly did not feel that way, but you know, like there's a lot of young guys. There's not, not much you can take away from it. Um, the Shane Sharp is the only guy that really stands out to me. He's going to, he's going to be good. Okay. That's, uh, basically all I have for the game. Uh, Kings moved to 47 wins on the season. They still, they still have a chance to get all the way to 52, uh, wins on the season. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, if they can get to fifty. I, I think they can, um, but it, it's not going to be easy. They have one more game where you ex- at least expect them to win against the Spurs on Sunday. But overall, like I think they have a good chance of getting to fifty, and that's going to be a big benchmark. They did not clinch the Pacific Division this tonight because the Suns actually did win. So against a I believe a shorthanded uh, Nuggets team. So. You know, the Kings will have to do it themselves. And, you know, they should be able to do it soon. Okay. Um, That's all I have for the game. But I do want to go through some, um, you know, after the after the Kings clinched their playoffs, breaking their uh, playoff drought, uh, there was a series of articles that, that came out on The Athletic. Uh, one from Anthony Slater, one from Sam Amick, and one from Jason Quick. I'll talk about the Jason Quick and... Uh, and Sam Amick articles. I won't talk them that much about the Anthony Slater one. There isn't something that I can really that that really interested me that much in that article. But the Jason Quick article was interesting. It basically, just talks about kind of Mike Brown's evolution as a coach and just kind of how he's um, being able to kind of turn the culture around. His ability to connect with the players, and you know, the title of the article was his quest to find the team's soul and. You know, the when Mike Brown was hired in his first press conference, he talked about just being able to find the team's soul. And at the time, I was like, buzzwords, buzzwords, buzzwords. But, you know, Jason Quick really talks about it in this article and talks about how the losing and the lack of organizational stability um, basically caused the, caused the Kings to kind of lose themselves, like, again, lose their soul. And the the article is really does a really good job of talking about how he, you know, Mike Brown is the connective tissue that has connected every part of the uh, organization. Like, you know, Mon, he's ve- he's very tight with Monty McNair, and he's also willing to kind willing to include um, not how to describe like include uh, Vivek into the process, but also be able to kind of communicate with him in a way that, you know, he feels involved, you know, try, trying to like translate like some of the things that, you know, he sees and that he thinks, you know, really great stuff of just how Mike Brown not only has been able to, you know, connect with the players, how, you know, he evolved from a guy that just talked about X's and O's, but instead a, a guy that's willing to be able to connect with the players and get them to buy into the X's and O's, which is the real like key to kind of being a good coach like you know you can be a really good x's and o's guys but like if you cannot connect with your players it doesn't really mean anything because they're not going to listen to you they're not going to you know run the sets that you design for them the way i describe it it being kind of a gaming geek imagine like in pokemon when you don't have all the eight badges you know your pokemon don't listen to you if they're higher than a certain level you know and the Mike Brown has learned to be able to do that, to be able to, again, to be able to like 
kind of talk, kind of work with the players to, you know, to and like have discussions and talk with them on, you know, how to run certain sets and have them buy into his vision. Like it, it's really great stuff from him. And you know, Jason, Jason Quick, like I've always, I've always liked some of his articles. Like his articles, it really talks about like the. He really focuses. I feel like from the articles that I've read, like the the player to x um connection to the team the city like there's a huge emotional like element that he really likes to add um to his articles and i was really surprised when i saw like him of all people to write something about you know about the king's breaking that playoff drought and like him talking about mike brown and how he's been able to kind of you know revitalize the culture and to for the team to be able to find that soul and to function like on all on all levels together for that same goal to and to you know to achieve a vision like jason quick's a really good writer and uh, i was really i was really like you know happy to be able to read his article it was really i thought it was really cool um he also talked about the uh, the accountability contract that everyone signed at the beginning of the season and just, just, and also like, you know, setting up a leadership council, I believe it's Sabonis and uh, De'Aaron and there might be a different guy, but apparently I think it was, it was it all, I forgot if it was all-star break. It was like after, uh, after a certain point in the season, he basically got, got with the leadership council and let them pick out the rest days. And again, it's that, is that other level where, you know, you're trying to connect with your players, you let them make their own decisions you make them feel involved in the process, and you know you you all work together to achieve the same vision, and so just like letting letting the players decide themselves, letting because like sometimes you know it it's all good at all when you're listening something from a coach. It, there's also a different feel and a different meaning when it comes from a player as well, like a guy like Sabonis and a guy like Fox who kind of commands that level of respect, just being the best players on the team. And just having that leadership council, being able to kind of, you know, like get get the get the right guys to buy in and get and you know this this year everyone has everyone has bought in like the accountability contracts and everything, but just having everyone buy in, like being able to connect with the players on a personal level, like actually checking in on them, and you know not always be, it being about basketball, like just the the emotional connection that he's formed with the players. To be able is you know very vital to kind of the king kind of the king's success like you would think like oh if you just run this you know um dribble handoff or run this out of bounds play you're gonna win but like mike brown has learned from his time as a, as a warrior's assistant like you know you need to be able to you need to be able to con again connect with the players on a personal level so that like you you can communicate that basically they'll listen to you there, there's a higher chance that they'll listen to you if you they feel like you actually care about them as, as a person and that's what mike brown has done so well in addition to all the x's and o's and like you know his relationship like he's built out a really good coaching staff like jay triano jordy fernandez and etc like the like they're they're really like connected together they're all working towards the same goal and that's kind of how it's led to this surge by the kings and all the credit in the world to mike brown and yeah great article by jason quick if you haven't a subscription to the athletic i highly recommend you read that um sam amick also had a really good article 
um, basically talking with G-Man about just kind of kind of like the drought and you know what the last 16 years have done i guess to 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 kind of the fan base the organization to just people who just work for the organization how it kind of sucked the joy out of a lot of people and it that sam amick even talked about it like after his uh, father died he and like the constant losing and just bullshit that was happening around the organization he decided to quit the king well like leave well not quit but like leave the kings leave the king's beat not 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 james ham's thing but like leave like not be a king's beat writer instead go national because you know the toxicity of the situation actually did affect like it it was a real thing and he goes through like you know just recapping like what the what what like the, the streak has been and what this year means to revitalize that passion uh for for the team that you know that you know has been kind of drained out from the fan base with so much losing and it was a really good uh trip down memory lane of like what things were like before the streak and also like during the streak like and also he talks uh, extensively about when they were about to get moved he even had some really cool links uh to old articles that he wrote uh old videos like uh, he had one uh with carmichael day who apparently did a did an rv tour all the way from um basically sacramento all the way to new york which is crazy like an r like a big old rv trip like a little um campaign like there's some really cool stuff like going down memory lane that's another one i would recommend you read it i recommend you read the anthony slater one he talks to brad miller about like you know what he's like they they talked a little they talked a bit about sabonis as well like it's a it's a cool article take take a chance to read it but yeah just you know because like all the good vibes are just happening right now like really kind of bask in it right now and the kings you know all the credit in the world for them to be able to kind of put all this together and you know it, it they're they're built for future success as i've mentioned before and it's it's real it, all the vibes are going good right now it, there's there's not been a better time to be a kings fan in a while and right now just really really enjoy the moment enjoy the coverage that they're getting like there's a lot of people having to eat shit about what they what they said about the kings like when they made the trade and all that stuff it's just that right now it, it feels good to be a kings fan i'll just say and uh yeah enjoy the ride uh before we get out of here i, I do need to mention uh unfortunately on a bit of a on a bit of a downer note um delhi is gonna be out for the foreseeable future with a fractured index finger i believe there's no timetable for his return i really hope like you know he, he recovers and uh yeah he's been like he you know talk about like you know behind the scenes like he's been really a, a good leader for this team and you know he's he's also just been a, you know a breath of fresh air like just a guy that's well known around the league you know being on the kings and having a little having an effect like behind the scenes so really good to see really sad that he you know he injured his index finger but you know he wasn't playing much anyways but you know hopefully he just kind of sticks around the team and you know hopefully he does recover and you know maybe has another year in him um okay uh one more thing i, I just found out about this on twitter there's a uh there's a series uh that bleacher report is doing called uh hero ball um it is basically kind of a a more cartoonish version even like that than game of zones if you were into that 
So check it out. They just did one on the beam and uh, about Tyrese Halliburton um, coming back and I guess not embracing the beam. It's a, it's a very quirky thing that they just did. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's just something I found that I thought was really funny. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's all I have uh, for this episode. Uh, I'll be coming back to you after the Spurs game. And uh, yeah, for those of you that are into wrestling, enjoy WrestleMania. Uh, I'm looking forward to um, the the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm looking forward to Cody Rhodes beating Roman because I had mentioned that uh, the Roman shtick is a bit is getting a bit old. Um, but overall, like I'm, I'm going to be watching, uh, hopefully you guys, uh, well, I guess, I guess if you're into that, hopefully you guys enjoy the show as well. So, and we will reconvene, uh, on Sunday and I should be posting episode after WrestleMania because I do want to watch it and then I'll record an episode. So it'll be coming out a little bit later, but you know, just want to cover all my bases, you know? Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'll catch you guys back on Sunday night.